What's up, y'all? You already know who it is. And in case you don't, it's your girl, Queen, coming through from that NOLA, baby. Welcome to my podcast, Queen's Uplifting and Inspiring Podcast. I hope you're ready for this heat, because I'm coming in hot. Sit down and grab your seat. And like we say down here in the bayou, les ans, le bon temps, roulé. That means let the good times roll. Good morning. Welcome, guys, to Queen's Uplifting and Inspiring Podcast. I am your host. It's your girl, Queen. You already know who it is. And I'm super excited to be back before you guys on today. Happy New Year to everyone. Of course, my daughter's friends would love to call it this moment. Um, but Happy New Year to everyone. Thank you guys for joining us. Um, I am your host, your girl, Queen. I am here with Nicole Grant on this morning. It is going to be a phenomenal um, subject and topic of what we're covering. Uh, our topic for today is um, survival stories of sexual abuse. And so we're going to just dive into that topic. Um, I'm going to allow Nicole to go ahead and introduce herself to you guys before we get started. So go ahead, Nicole, and introduce yourself. Good morning, good afternoon, wherever you're tuning in from. My name is Nicole Grant. I want to first give honor to God. I want to give honor to, to my husband, to Queen, for allowing me to be here on this interview with her. And I just want to share with you all that I am first a child of God, a minister of the gospel, the wife to Quentin Grant. We have been married for 11 years, and I am the mother to five, four boys and one girl, and I'm just here to spread the gospel. I'm here to pull those people out of the fire that have been locked up by the enemy. And we're just going to do this. Amen. Thank you for having me. Amen. I am super excited to have you um, today. And like you said, we are going to expose the enemy and we are pulling them out of the fire. Um, so we are just excited. Thank you guys so much for just joining us. Let us know where you guys are tuning in from. Um, because this is a much needed topic uh, on today. And so I just really appreciate you for taking the time out to coming in and speaking up on this topic, because this is something that we are both very passionate about. And so the topic we are discussing is survivor stories of sexual abuse. And on today, oh, come on. Good morning. We have comments already. Thank you so much, Cheryl, for um, Cherylyn, for tuning in. She's tuning in from, from Memphis. And she's actually one of our assists from CBK also. I also am streaming on um, TikTok too. <laughs> and so we have Crystal J. Farmer on TikTok with us um, as well. So this is just something that I wanted to really just um, be out in the open with on today. You know what I'm saying? To let yes. other women know that they can come out of hiding because this is something that has been silencing so many women, so many men. Yes. People don't talk about this stuff. They don't talk about it and they take it to their graves. But we decided that, no, we're not taking it to our grave. We're going to talk about this stuff. Uh, we yes. have another viewer from Texas on this morning. Good morning, Leora Bryant from Texas. Thank you That's so much. That's my mother. Oh, hey, mama. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> how you doing, mama? Thank you for tuning in with us on today for supporting us. So we're super excited. Um, and... I actually did another episode and Nicole was listening to the episode and she was like, oh my God, like, yes. that's my story. You was like, that's my story. 
So that's how we got here today because I wanted to give your story a voice. You know, I wrote a book. I told about my story. Um, and like we said, this is going to just be conversation on today. So you ain't got to be nervous. You ain't got to be afraid. You know, um, we're going to just like really just just talk on this thing because so many women need to know that they're not by themselves and that they can come out. Yes. So I actually wrote a book. This is my book, guys. In case you guys um, are interested in it, it's titled Born in a Storm, My Journey Through Deliverance. Um, and in this book, I wrote about um, the traumatic experiences of being sexually abused, of going through rape. Um, and one of the things that I also wrote in my book was that it was a bloodline generational curse. There were so many women, like on my mom's side, it went through four generations and no one spoke out about it. My great grandmother, my grandmother, my mom and me as well. And so God charged me with being the bloodline breaker that said, you know what, you have to break this curse. You have to be the one to speak out about it. You have to be the one to disarm the enemy. And so he told me to write this book. Um, and so it's been helping so many other women like really break free with telling their yes. stories as well. Uh, one of the things that also did was open up that line of communication between my mom and myself because she had never shared her story. She had never shared with anyone about her traumatic experience about being sexually abused, about being raped. And so with this being said, I just love this conversation on today. And I'm going to just allow you to speak um, and just tell us your story. A lot of my story is uh, the same as yours, Queen. Um, something I even found out some stuff on last year about things that happened with, with my grandmother when she was a child. And then, you know, things that happened with my mother. I knew about things on my dad's side with my grandmother on that side as well. And um, Holy Spirit just really began ministering to me and speaking to me and opening up my eyes to stuff. Because, you know, when we're in a place and our heart is still hardened and we're not ready to receive it, he cannot come in and minister to us about it. So he began speaking to me through dreams. And as he was taking me through these dreams, he was walking me through the stuff that I had been through, walking me through the stuff that we had been through in the generations. And when it started coming up in the generations in these dreams, it led me, I, I went to my mom and I'm like, you know, mom, you know, did we deal with ABC and the bloodline or anything like that? And she didn't know. So she sent me to my aunt. So I went to go and talk to my aunt about these things. And as I got to talk to my aunt, she was, I got to be with her about a year and then she died. And so when my mom, I would talk to my mom about these things. I said, mom, you know, it's gotta be somebody else I can talk to, you know, the stuff that I began finding out about the bloodline. I was angry. I was angry first at the, at the elders that were before me that they allowed the things to happen. And then secondly, I was angry because they didn't do anything. And I'm like, why did they allow this to happen? Why did you allow your children to go through this? You know, and, and I was like, I need to talk to somebody. You know, I said, I need to talk to someone. And she, my mom had told me, she said, well, you know, her aunt is still living, my grandmother's sister. She's like, well, you can talk to her about it. And I remember having a conversation with my cousin and she was like, you know, instead of you being angry, or upset about it, why don't you just move from here and go forward? And so I started to, to do that. 
because it was bothering me so bad because I know how um, sex was initially introduced to me. It was introduced in the bloodline. It was not someone outside the family. It started when we were little kids, you know, going to a family member's house, you know, being humped on by our cousins and not knowing, you know, like what is happening. And then, you know, you start from there. It's went from that with the cousins and then you fall into masturbation and stuff and you don't know why you're doing these things. And then, you know, even playing house and stuff, all of that stuff. We don't play house in my house because I know as a kid what playing house was to us that was doing things inappropriate with family members. So that's just some of it of how it started, how it began and how we ended up where we are here today to God allowed me to be risen up because in every single bloodline, he tries to raise up somebody. Yes. Who's going to be the voice? Who's going to open up your mouth? Who's going to say something? You know, my grandmother is dead and gone, but it's like, who's going to fight for what she went through to break those things and the same things that attacked my mother. And then the same things that attacked my brother, the same things that attacked my sister, the same thing that attacked me. It's like, who's going to fight for that? And it's like, I can lay here and I can cry about, you know, what my cousins did to me. And, you know, by that door being open, you know, how I was raped by multiple men in our neighborhood. And I can sit there and I can whine about that. Or it's like, or I can get up and I can do something about it. So it does not happen to have to happen to anybody else in the bloodline. Mm. So that's just a little piece of my story. My God, that's the little piece. Like, girl, you yes. can't put a whole entree onto this. So much to just pull from and talk about it. Thank you so much for just sharing it, being vulnerable and sharing it. Because most women that have gone through these things, they won't be vulnerable enough to share it. They'll just hide in shame. They'll just hide in defeat. You know what yes. I'm saying? Just say, well, it happened. It's over with and just let it go. But no, you still need to heal from it. You still need to talk to someone about these things that happen. And so something that you mentioned, you mentioned playing house. And we know that yes. that's where it all starts. Yes. Playing house. You know what I'm saying? You're thinking that, hey, this is innocent. I'm going to play house. I'm going by my cousin and playing house. But it's really opening up the door for incest. Yes. That's what it is. It's incest. And I even, you know talked about that in, in my family as well because there was incest um the incest was my great grandfather actually you know raping his own daughter and having yes. a baby with her and he did it with several yep. of his children you know what i'm saying and no one said anything about it everybody kept secret about it um it was just one of those things that just was swept under the rug but we're not sweeping things under the rug. We're bringing it out into the open and we're exposing it because the longer we hide, the longer we hide, it gives the enemy access to not only us, but the people that are coming after us. Yes. And I refuse for my children to go through the same things that I went through. Um, because even with me, you spoke about being raped, you know, by multiple men. That was my story as well. You know what I'm saying? At the age of 15, being raped by multiple men, um, even getting pregnant from the incident. And 
I didn't know anything about generational curses. I didn't know anything about my grandmother and mother and everyone had went through these different things as well. So I just thought that it was just normal. You know what I'm saying? But it's not. And it really just took me to really get to the feet of God for him to expose these things to me. Yes. And he really he exposed it to me like last year. Um, I had a dream as well. And God was holding my hand and taking me to all of these different rooms in this house. And it wow. was so many people. And it was just like the women in my bloodline, they had been through so much stuff that nobody told, said anything about. And it was all of this residue, all of this filth, all of this perversion, like all of this stuff. You know what I'm saying? Because people look at you and they might say, oh, well, she's promiscuous or she's this, that, and the third, but just don't know that your innocence has been tainted with. Yes. Your innocence has been tainted with. And so that's another thing I wanted to talk about today. Um, how old were you when this first was uh, exposed to you? We had to be, um, at that time when it was exposed to us as kids, we had to be no older than 10 years old. When that began um, to happen with us, like I said, with at our family member's house. And then as um, I was around 13 and 14, when the rapes actually happened. But like I said, it started with the family and it's like that opened the door wide for the enemy to come in. And then, you know, um, the other things, the rapes and stuff happened around 13 and 14. Uh, there was one man um, and I was able just... Just a little while ago, after we left the after this conference, I exposed it there. And then I was able to share with my mother. But there was one man, he stayed on the corner and we helped to babysit his children. His wife would be gone to work and he would be doing these things to us. Now, another man, he worked at the uh, corner store by our house. And he would make us go into the back of the of the store and do these things to myself and my friend. And then the the other time, it was the first and only time I ever snuck out the house. And I snuck out the house and I stayed with a friend when well, we snuck out to see her boyfriend. So I'm just going along with her. You know, I'm just with her. And it happened to me that night. Mm -hmm. So and that's what I share with my children. And I, I apologize to my mom about that incident. Now, I know the rest of the incidents None of the incidents, you know, are ours to really blame, but we still have to take our part in being disobedient because if I would have never been sneaking out with a friend that night, the enemy couldn't have came in and mm -hmm. did that that night if I would have had my behind where I was supposed to be. Wow. But I still want people to understand that, you know, all the rest, like the family things and all that, it's, it's not your fault, you know. Because the enemy will say, you know, he will try to keep that going. Oh, well, you did this. And so it allowed this, this and that. And it's still not your fault. Because like you said, we were innocent. We didn't know any better. We had someone come and steal our innocence. You know, whether it was humping with clothes on or whatever, your innocence was still stolen because you were exposed to that thing. And even if it's not in your house, like we weren't dealing with it in our house. We were at a family members that we were supposed to feel secure there. We were supposed to be safe. And this was happening to us. And I know my mom had no idea. Mm -hmm. Wow. That is mm, it's very interesting. Thank you so much once again for being so transparent and vulnerable. 
um, because that is where it usually happens at, in your home, where people don't think that it will happen. Um, yes. That actually happened with me. My grandmothers uh, went out to go to the mom and grandmothers went out to go to the casino. And here I am, 12 years old. And my step grandfather is, you know, trying to molest me. Um, and even earlier, you know, before that, some things that I can't even remember, because how does a child at the age of five years old know what it is to masturbate? How does a child at the age of five years old know just all of the different things that we know, you know what I'm saying, that I knew at, at that very young age. But for so long, I walked around thinking that it was my fault. For so long, I walked around thinking that I was dirty and, and I was guilty and, you know, just being a blame because I was very developed very early on also. So at five years old, you know, I, I was growing in places, you know, that women, um, you know, so just being in, in that state and really just saying, okay, this is not my fault. But it also opened up the door because when that happened, he asked me to keep it a secret. And so that's when the secrets come in because you're afraid to not tell anybody. And then that secret had held me hostage for so many years to where when I was getting sexually assaulted and abused by men, I kept it a secret. I didn't tell anybody. My mom just found out about my rape and everything. Um, when I wrote my, you know, when I wrote my book, I sat down and I talked to her and told her about these different things that were going on. But before then, she didn't know half of the stuff that was going on with me. Right. You know, so, um, yeah. Hey, sis, like I told you, I'm on two platforms right here, multitasking. So we got Taylor J over here on TikTok. We got, um, we have a lot of people over here on Facebook joining us once again. Thank you guys for joining us. We are talking about survivor stories of sexual abuse. And this is actually a series that I'm doing this month in awareness of human trafficking month. If you can see, we, me and Nicole both have on blue. Um, yes. And blue is the color of... Um, human trafficking so we wanted to wear the color blue on today to stand in solidarity with those women with those men that have experienced this and so i have other people that's going to be coming on and joining as well that's going to be sharing their stories that's going to be sharing their testimonies and we're really going to just make this thing like big and just let other people know hey you're not in it by yourself you no longer have to walk in shame you no longer have to walk in defeat you know Taylor Jada moved over here. I see you happen, girl. <laughs> <laughs> I see you. But you don't, you know, you don't longer have to walk in shame. You don't have to walk in defeat. You know, you're not dirty. You are clean. The blood, the lamb has cleaned you and yes. he chose you. I know with um when you go through these different things, it's so much torment that you go through. You know, I was muzzled in silence for so long, like mm -hmm. 18 years. This thing stole my voice. Did you ever experience um, this stealing your voice? I feel like it did steal my voice. And I walked around um, in a lot of shame and a whole lot of shame, you know. Um, and as I said, that's because the door was open to promiscuity. It also led me into doing other things like having an abortion, you know, because of shame and fear and things like that. And. And we say that, you know, we're, we're muzzled and things like that. But at the same time, we are muzzled 
but in the midst of us being muzzled, everything is spewing out in other ways. You know, spewing out, I know for me, it spewed out through anger. And, yes. you know, onto, onto my children, you know, onto my husband and things like that, it spewed out that way. Or you're just out here, um, yes, you're muzzled, but you're being promiscuous. You know, you're doing all these other things in secret and in beds you shouldn't be in, with men you shouldn't be in, and things like that. So when you say, was I muzzled? Yes, I was muzzled by shame. I was muzzled by a lot of shame and embarrassment for several years and wanting no one to know what I had been through, you know, because you look at like, oh, they're going to judge me. They're going to look at this or, you know, they're going to say that about me. But God does not want us to walk around and to be muzzled. He wants us to be able to open up our mouth. And that's also the enemy that wants to keep us muzzled. Because if we sit up with our mouths closed, like you and I having this conversation, if we never sat down to have this conversation he stays in hiding mm -hmm. and that's what he wants and he stays in hiding you know you think of something like um like for example when you're a kid and you go in the kitchen all the roaches is out at night and you turn yes. that light on and everything's scattered that's how the enemy is and we have to turn the light on on the enemy so we can break these things and we don't have to be muzzled or ashamed any longer Mm -hmm. My God, you preaching good to me, baby. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> you preaching good to me, man. So I am gonna go to this because you said it. And so when women speak about abortions, it's something I'm just like, oh my God, I want to dig into that because when I was 15 and I was raped, um, I actually got pregnant from the incident, mm -hmm. and so my mom brought me to the abortion clinic, and I ran out. I was like, look, I'm not doing this. You know, I, I can't do it. I later on had a miscarriage. But, and, and later on in life, you know, some things happened and I did have an abortion. Um, but how was that experience for you being so younger? What was that experience with you? You know, um, what was your experience? Uh, my experience was with abortion was um, I had been through a divorce as a result of me being broken for so many years, and um, like I said, being raped and molested by older men, I ended up in a relationship with an older man. And I met him when I was 15. I was getting ready to turn 16. He is the same age as my mom. My mom is 63. I'm 35. You can do the math. So he's the same age as my mom. And um, I ended up in a relationship with him and uh, stayed with him for seven and a half years graduated high school early, moved with him, um, and was abused, abused and cheated on for all these years. And to the, when I finally left him, I left him the day that he was going to kill me. And when I left from there, I went to my mom's and I told my mom, none of my family had any idea I had been in this abusive relationship for all these years. And so I left him, divorced him, and all, and I ended up with uh, my husband now, Quentin. And um, me and Quentin were fornicating. I was, um, I was so messed up in my mind from my previous marriage. I was so messed up. I was seeing a psychiatrist. I was on medication um, and all kind of stuff. And you know, living in fear. I'm talking about. I moved states, you know, from to get away from him. I moved away with, with restraining orders and all those things. And um, I got pregnant by Quentin. I was so wrapped up in fear 
because I know what I had been through with him and I have left this man and he tried to kill me. And I told Quentin, I said, listen, I said, if he finds out that I am pregnant with somebody else's baby, I said, he's going to kill me. The enemy had really convinced me that he will take my life. So I went, um, he paid for half, I paid for half and I went and I had the abortion and, um, I call her a foe now. She's the one who drove me to the abortion clinic. She's like, hey, you know, I didn't have multiple abortions. I'll take you. So she went with me. We left the abortion clinic. I threw up on the side of the highway. And I just went on with life like it was nothing, you know, until, you know, reality began to sneak in. And God started dealing with me. And I'm like, hey, man, you know, you think that you just went and aborted a baby? You're a murderer. You're not just, you just didn't go get this done. You're a, you're an actual murderer. And so he began dealing with me and I fell deep, deep into depression. Mm. My husband was gone to the military. Well, at that time, he was still my fiance. He was gone to the military and I was by myself, staying home, you know, like still seeing a psychiatrist on these meds, dealing with all this depression. And a lot of the depression was because I hadn't dealt with the trauma from the abuse and all. And then I have the trauma on top of that from the abortion. And I was just going through this and going through this. And at the same time, I'm working in a prison as a guard and living in a prison in my mind and in my life because of what I had been through. So I was at a service one day. I had to take the the inmates to chapel. And I'm in chapel and it's I think it was one other woman in there and the preacher is up speaking and he said, and to you, that woman who had that abortion, he said, God wants you to heal you of that. He wants to forgive you. I start sweating bullets because I'm like, how this man know about me? So I hurry up. I get the inmates back to the dorm. I'm fighting tears, you know, trying to fight back tears. I hurry and lock them up in their rooms. And I go on the phone and I call the chapel and I said, is the, is the pastor still there? And um, and Chaplain Payne, he's like, yeah, he's here. He gets on the phone. The man got on the phone. I said, how did you know? Because I didn't know about prophecy or anything. I said, how did you know that I had had an abortion? And he said, Holy Spirit revealed it to me. I broke down on the phone that day. The man prayed with me. I was able to finally forgive myself and to release, be released from that thing you know, that held me captive for all those years. And so just um, this last year, I forgot we in 2022 now, I was able to share my testimony about being able to overcome that and to, and to heal from that. Because as a result of that, for many years, I struggled with endometriosis from the abortion. And, mm. and God finally set me free from that supernaturally, even after having surgeries and all. So, yeah, it's a lot, you know, when the enemy opens up that door to sexual abuse, people don't realize how far that can go and take you. Yes, yes. Oh, my God, girl, you preaching good. I'm about to turn get some holy water out here. My God, <laughs> Lord. Wow, um, Nicole, you said so much, and you're absolutely right. The enemy, people don't know once that doors open, all of those different doors yeah. Um, they, that you go through, you know, and now it's time to shut those doors. Now it's time to expose him. It's time to come out the closet, come out of hiding and shut those doors. And so I'm going to just like, you just named so much stuff, domestic violence, yeah. 
pedophilia, abortion, and mental illness. Mm-hmm. My God. Yes. All of this. All of this. All, trauma. All of it. Trauma. You know, and God wants to heal us from the trauma. Because if not, we will always be on the run. You'll be on the run like Jonah for the rest of your life. Yes. But God said, no, stop the running and allow him to heal you. It's time to go to him. Um, and, and that's one of the things, too. The enemy will definitely try to deceive you into thinking like, hey, you need to have this abortion. You know what I'm saying? Because yes. that's what he did with me. That's what he did with me. You know what I'm saying? Saying, oh, you need to have this abortion, all this stuff going on. So I found myself at the abortion clinic, having an abortion, went home months later, having all type of complications, almost lost my life because they left afterbirth mm-hmm. in my womb. Yes. Was, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And then on top of that, I'm drinking, I'm smoking, I'm trying to. I'm not even trying to heal because I don't even know nothing about healing, but I got all of this stuff, all of this baggage that I'm walking around with this tons and tons of baggage, this luggage, like walk bag lady, you're going to be show bus. That was me. Okay. Yes. Um, but like I, I got in a relationship with my husband and here this man is healed. He's holds, he's secure. He has his own home. He has his own, he got everything. And right. here I am with all of these bags. I'm coming in this relationship yep. with bags, you know. And God had to really, like, deal with me. I didn't even know that the abortion was on God's mind. I didn't even know that God wanted to heal me from the rape until I went to church one day. Like you said, you went in the, in the chapel, in the church, and the, the, the uh, pastor spoke and said the woman with the abortion. Well, that's what happened with me. They said... Um, they got some rape victims in here, you know, some women that have experienced sexual abuse and God wants to heal you from that. Wow. And at that time I was like, you know, he want to heal me from that. First and foremost, that was 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. That ain't on his mind, but it was, you know, and I was so focused on not being embarrassed to where I didn't even want to get up and go to the stage. I didn't even want to get up and go to the altar for God to heal me because I was so focused on looking around me and what other people may thought, you know, what they were thinking about me. But all of a sudden my feet just got up and I went to the altar and God healed me. Um, And God brought it to my remembrance this year because I, well, last year, because I had forgot about that abortion. I had forgot about all of that stuff. But God said, no, come here, daughter. Come here. Right. Do you not know what you did? Do you not know? You know what I'm saying? It's time. I want to release you from this. I want to heal you from this. I want to set you free. You're not going to just sweep this thing under the rug. We're going to deal with this. You know what I'm saying? Because a lot, the one of the tricks of the enemy also is to deceive women into having these abortions because he knows that once you do that, it opens up the door for so much other stuff. The spirit of debt, the spirit of premature debt comes on you, it comes in you, it comes on your life. The spirit of abortion comes upon your life and your plans and everything that you want to endure, your relationships, your business ventures, all kind of stuff. Like I said, I walked around with debt in my womb for months for months without even knowing it. And then on top of that, 150% um, your chances of breast cancer for women increases by 150% from you having an abortion. It's so much that the enemy don't even, like, you don't know that stuff when, when you're on that table getting that abortion. Exactly. And then people not going to tell you that either. You know what I'm saying? And it's so much like, I know 
they don't they didn't have that support system where you can go and, and you can heal and you can talk about this and and really deal with it because so many women deal with the shame the guilt the humiliation sorrow all kind of stuff that they don't even have anyone that they could talk to yes dealing with this so what's some advice that you would give to a woman that that's what what advice would you give to the, the younger version of you? I think first, the first thing would be that I would give to the younger women is, you know, if you are a teenager, don't be afraid to talk to your parents. Because the enemy, like you said, it came first with, oh, keep this secret. You know, and people will say things like, keep this secret. I'm going to do this or that to your family if you open up your mouth. Do not be afraid to open up your mouth and to share with anybody. Share with somebody. Share with someone that you feel safe with. You know, share with the school teachers, somebody that will listen to you. So don't be afraid to speak up about it is first what I would say. And then another thing is get to know Christ. We must get to know Christ. If the younger me knew God like I do today, I would have never been in any of those situations whatsoever. And, you know, for even for younger mothers, you know, and having a relationship with Holy Spirit so he can speak to you, so he can tell you what's going on with your children, you know, so you can be, you can have, you can have the thing back here speaking to you before it even comes and happens. You know, I think about that because I know my mom at that time didn't have that relationship with God. And I know from learning from other people in my family that did have that relationship with God, that kept their children from being raped and molested. It kept them safe. So I would say that to the younger me, you know, obey your parents. First of all, do not be going places that you don't have no business to be going. You know, if you're with a friend or somebody and they want to go and sneak out, you keep your butt at the house till they wake their parents up and tell them, you know, don't be ashamed, you know, you know, it's not um, popular or anything, but do not be ashamed to speak up. Do not be ashamed to be different. You don't have to fit in with anybody. And I know if I would have just had that relationship with God, you know, I would have never ended up in these situations, I believe, if I would have knew him in my youth. Mm-hmm. You are absolutely right. That's the same advice I would definitely give to um, and, and just speak up, speak up and speak out and continue to speak because that was his main trick to keep me muzzled for so long. Yeah. Uh, having that experience, you know, very early on at 12 and then stepbrothers, um, you know, that stepbrothers, um, asking to keep it a secret and then you know just going older and my story like the police officer in my neighborhood <laughs> somebody that was supposed to serve and protect my neighborhood you know what i'm saying but um definitely speak out on it really use your voice no is no and don't be afraid yes don't be afraid um yeah, so we done had a, a lot a huge discussion today.
I'm back. The devil, <laughs> okay? Like, how you gonna kick me out? Really? How he gonna kick me out? Wow. So I'm back. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to share on today? Be free. Um, you have the floor. I guess the last thing I would want to share with people, as I said, don't be ashamed. Um, shame carried me in darkness for many, many years. And um, something, you know, God gave me when it was time for me to share my testimony, he gave me the slogan, "No long, I'm no longer ashamed. And, you know, there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. So don't allow the enemy to come in to tell you, you know, that you're this or you're that. You're no good. You're never going to be nothing. You're always going to be wasted goods. You just slept with this man or that man, been used and abused, and that you're not going to be nobody. You are somebody. You are somebody to Christ, and he loves and he cares for you. He wants to see you healed. He wants to see you whole. He wants to come in. He not only wants to save you, don't just see you, but see your whole bloodline. See all the women around the world. See the men around the world because it happens to men too. See other people besides yourself. It's not just about you. It's about a whole generation of people out there. So don't be ashamed. Don't let the enemy keep you in shame. As I said, because I don't say we suffer in silence because we spew things out in other ways, you know, through cutting, through, through drugs, through all kind of other outlets. Do not be ashamed and don't allow the enemy to keep you quiet any longer. Open up your open up your mouth and speak out and tell the truth because someone needs to hear your story. Wow. Oh my God. You just you just gave me a flashback, <laughs> you know, because it's not about you. And someone definitely needs to hear your story because you were definitely um out, you know, it'll come out in other ways. I was a cutter. I was a cutter at 12 years old. I would cut myself because of all of the pain that I endured. Um, even when I was raped and got pregnant from it, from it, I actually tried to kill myself from it because of the torment and everything, the abuse that I had to endure. So I would definitely um, say continue to speak out, continue to not walk in fear, continue to really just allow God to just heal you because there are so many places that the enemy wants to keep in darkness, but we are going to expose it and just let other people know that they can be free from it as well. Like we're not going to, um, and reach out, reach out. Don't be afraid to go to counseling. Don't be yes. afraid to go to a therapist, speak to people, like really talk and allow, you know, cause I know when you go through abuse and stuff, you put up all of these guards and stuff around your heart you, you lock people out. You have trust issues. You're like, well, this happened. You know, that happened. Like, I even explained why I had trust issues with God because of all of the things that I went through. I felt like, God, you wasn't even there for me to protect me. Now, how you want me to just come to you now? So, but that is only a trick in the plan of the enemy. God has always yes. been there. He's always been there. He's always been there loving you, fighting for you. And so we just wanted to just encourage you guys with that on today. And so I'm going to read our comments um, over here. So everybody is enjoying our conversation. Someone said that it happens all in church. Yes. All right. The plans that God has for our life. We thank you, Lord. You ladies are representing God's grace. It's not about you. Yes. 
Yes, and shame is wicked. That's what the Bible says. Jesus despised the shame. Yes, amen, amen. amen. So you don't you don't have to walk in shame. You don't have to walk in defeat. You know, you just continue to just walk in God's grace and His love, and it is sufficient enough for you. You know, and don't allow the enemy to to put up all of these barriers around your heart. Allow God to come in because when you put up those barriers, you actually think that you're protecting you, but you're actually harming you. Can't nothing right. come in and can't nothing come out. You know, yes. so you definitely want to pull those barriers down so that anger can come out, that frustration, that hate, that bitterness, all that can come out, and God can give you a new heart that represents His love his joy, his peace, and everything that is of him. So yes. we love you guys. Did you have anything? Tell the people how they can connect with you because um, you have a ministry as well. So tell everybody about your ministry and how they connect. How they can connect with you. Uh, my website is fromred.org. And from there, you can go and it has the links to my Facebook, to my YouTube. So you can be able to reach out to me there. Or you can reach out to me on Facebook at From Bread Ministries. It's listed there on Facebook is how you can reach me. Amen. All right, y'all. Well, thank you so much once again, woman of God, for coming on and sharing with us. I honor you. I honor your time. And may God continue to just pour his blessings upon you and everything that you poured out for the people on today. I decree that it shall be replenished for you and your household. Amen. And I decree and declare that this year shall be a supernatural, abundantly blessed year. God is going to blow your mind. So just get ready. Continue to speak out. Continue to just do the work of the Lord and just continue to disrupt hell. Like that's it. That's it. That's all I got to say. Continue to disrupt Amen. hell. Continue to expose the enemy, his plans and plots. So thank you so much, guys, for tuning in with us on today. And until next time, we'll catch y'all later with another, another dose of that Louisiana heat. Peace out.